0: I want to talk today about breaking the chains of average. And I may be directing it mainly towards the men today because this is Father's Day, but I'm directing it towards everybody because we do not, God did not call us to be average. How many of you know that? God did not call your life to be average. He did not call you to be average. He did not call you just to to live a life And just say, hey man, this is just how it is, and this is just who I am, and this is just how it's gonna be, and this is. God did not call you to that. He called you to be, well, above average. Amen? Amen. We're all above average in here. I mean, way above average. We don't have anything average about us. So we're gonna be talking about breaking some chains this morning, and guess where I'm going? You want to take a guess? Going to Acts chapter 16. <laughs> Excuse me, Carrie, you're going to have to read today. Are you going to be ready? Yes. Everybody knows this story. Get ready, yep. Mike. Yep. Is it Acts chapter 16, Ethan? Are you ready? Rock and roll, here we go. Go, Carrie. One day,
1: as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape.
0: All right, stop right there. Now, these people, these two guys, have done what God has called them to do, and yet everybody turned against them. Do you notice
2: that? Yeah.
0: So this woman was going around mocking these guys in what they were doing. It, she was just mocking them. Have you ever been mocked for what you believe? Yeah. Ever? Once or twice? And it kind of gets you to the point to where, oh man, maybe I just need to be quiet. I've thought that several times as people just, you know, people make fun of you. People, people just say, you know, why do you believe that? Anymore, it's getting to where if you believe the, yeah. the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're a big Christian weirdo. If you actually believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, there is something wrong with you. That's how it's getting to be, and so we have kind of pushed everything back, and we're almost we're almost taking that out of services because people don't believe in it anymore. People think it's kind of crazy, and even if you go on television, it kind of they kind of make it kind of strange. There's there's several movies that have been made making fun, mocking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But these guys were actually doing what God had called them to do and they got in trouble for it. As a matter of fact, they were beaten, they were stripped, they were beaten and they were thrown in jail. Now if anybody knows anything about these jail cells, they put these guys in, these are like sewers. As a matter of fact, some of these jails were actually in the sewer system. So they would throw you in there and it, you know, it, would be, it would be a pretty bad place. Not like the jails of today. But it would actually be, you would actually be down there with all that sewer water and all that smell and all that stench and everything else. How many of you know that that would be a bad place to be in jail? Pretty bad place, right? So they throw them in this jail, they chain them up and they've got to do something here. So let's just think for a minute. I start, just started thinking about this. What would I do if I was chained up in a sewer? What would you do? Anybody? Cry? Gina would cry. I believe that. Anybody? What would you do if somebody chained you up in a sewer system? You'd be mad. What would you do? I'd call you. Oh, really? Will that do you any good? No. Probably not. What would you do, Tournard? You break them in half, just with your sheer Good. might, there you go. right? Well, okay. These guys are in this jail cell; they're chained up, and here's and here and here goes the rest of the story. He's going to read it here. This is what these guys decide to do, and this is not an average thing. Go.
1: So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening.
0: I don't know, no. How many of you would get the attitude that you're, okay, I'm chained up, I've been stripped down, I've been beaten, I've been, you know, everything else and they'd start, they start some of us are afraid to praise God in church. Yeah. Much less in prison. Yeah. Oh well, just go on. Yeah, this is a good story here.
1: Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, "'Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here!' The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said, you and Silas are free to leave, go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison. And we are Roman citizens, so... Now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us.
0: My goodness, is that not a bold statement right there? They told them they could go. They told them they could leave, but they wouldn't do it. Why? 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 The, the principle of the matter? All right, let's go on and finish here.
1: When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town.
0: My goodness, what a story. You know, sometimes I think when things get hard, we tend to just quit. I don't know about you, but I've been in that situation where, you know, things get a little difficult and I just quit. I'm just sitting there thinking, you know what, we, we can read this, but we can read this and say, oh yeah, they were awesome. You know, these guys had problems just like us. Yeah. These guys were not perfect like us. <laughs> None of us are perfect in this room, right? Right. These guys were were human beings just like us. They were locked in prison. They really were locked in a sewer system. And what did they do? They didn't gripe. They didn't moan. They didn't do anything but stay positive and praise the Lord. Praise God. Start singing. I got to ask you how many times... When you have problems in life, do you decide to just sit down and start praising God? Well, it's really more difficult than what it sounds, doesn't it? In the midnight hour, when times looked worse. Now, I watched this movie yesterday, and I've seen it before, and it was called Unbreakable. Oh, yeah. Has anybody seen Unbreakable? Yeah. All right, those of you who have not seen this, it's about a guy, it's, it's Bruce Willis in the movie, and it's about a guy who was born to be a superhero. Born to be a superhero, but he denied it all his life. He knew in the back of his mind that he was different, but he denied it all of his life. Finally, somebody comes up to him because he just survived a train wreck. Everybody else was killed in the train but him. You guys remember this? And so somebody comes up to him and says, you are different than everybody else. Do you realize that you're different than everybody else? He said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. You've got to realize that you're different than everybody else. He kept telling him, no, I am not. Well, he had a little boy. The little boy decided that his dad was a superhero. His son kept telling him, Dad, this is who you are. This is who you are. He pulled a gun out and pointed it at his dad. He said, Dad, I know if I shoot you, you're gonna live. He was that determined. He was that positive of who his dad was. Well, his dad and mother was not that positive. (laughs) And that scene, if you've ever seen that, was kind of intense. And he didn't shoot his dad. Well, the whole thing, funny part kind of about this movie is the guy that initially told him this is who you are was the villain of the movie it was was actually his nemesis it was actually his opposite and so the story goes in this movie that the opposite had to find out who he was by knowing who his enemy was when he found out who his enemy was, when he found out who that guy really was, he said at the end of the movie, I now know who I am. I'm talking about the villain of the movie. It took this guy, he, you know, Bruce Willis 40s 50s, it took most of his life to figure out and for somebody to tell him this is who I am. This is how I was made. This is this is how God made me. Now I know. Some of you are saying, that's just a movie, Mark. But at the end of that movie, I've seen that movie probably three or four times. I like those movies like that. And at the end, at the end of that movie yesterday, I thought, man, if we would finally get to the point of understanding who we are. And the po- he did not even understand the power and the authority that he had. His superpower was helping people. Do you realize that you have that very superpower on the inside of you right now? But we tend to go towards an average life. Why would we pick an average life over something what God has for us? Because it's easier. Folks, you know as well as I do that most of us are more concerned about what we look like on the outside. We're more concerned about how people see us. We will get an education. We will, we will buy things. We will, we will do things not because what God has called us to do. May not be called, may not be what God has called us to do. It's simply because we want everybody to think this is who we are. Listen now. We are more concerned about what we look like on the outside than what we are on the inside. Americans are really bad about this. Now it's good to stay healthy. It's good to it's good to do all you can do to stay healthy and and, and to be in good shape. But guys, what you look like on the outside is nowhere as important as who you are on the inside. Amen. How much money you make, how much, you know, the cars you drive, we've already been through that before. All that stuff is not as important as who you are on the inside. But we will spend more, time, I mean, hundreds of hours, thousands of hours making ourselves look good on the outside. Thousands of dollars when we can't even get up on Sunday morning. Hey, I'm not getting back up here in a while. I can say whatever I want. We just have this idea that what we are on the outside is much more important, but it's not. It's not. Well, Gene and I are getting ready to leave for church this morning. And all those of you know, we have Clyde. Has everybody seen Clyde? Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Clyde is our, our last child. He's about this big, weighs six pounds. He's black and white, looks like a skunk. But he is, he is our last child. Everybody treats him like a child. He's a little Pomeranian, about three years old. Clyde knows Sunday morning. Anyone Anybody else? have a dog or a pet like that. First of all, he knows that when I get up on an average day, I leave about six o'clock. He knows I'm gone. But Sundays are different around our house. He sees me get up, I, I walk around, I go into my office. He goes into my office with me and sits on a pillow as I finish up what I'm doing on Sunday morning. Then he goes and sits on the couch and watches me, and I watch the news for a little bit. I like watching the morning news on Sunday morning. There's, you know, I like Fox News, and so I watch that for about 30 minutes, 45 minutes. He sits there with me, and then I go upstairs to get dressed. Gina's, you know, getting ready all this time. I go upstairs. He, he knows something's different. So he was sitting on the couch this morning, and he was looking at me, and I came down, had all my clothes on. You know, how many of you know this is not generally how I dress on everyday <laughs> have all my my church clothes on these are my church clothes he looks at me, jumps off the couch and gets in his cage and I don't say a word he knows Sunday morning because that's our routine Sunday morning he knows we're going, he may not know it's church I might just bring him one morning (laughs) So he knows where we're going. That'd probably mess up his whole routine, wouldn't it? Yeah. Guys, listen to me, man. You're responsible for getting your children in church. You're responsible for making it a routine. Don't look at me like you. Why don't you shut up? Because I'm not going to. We are responsible for getting our kids up, getting them dressed, and bringing them to church. That's your responsibility. You are. You are a. You are a godly man. You're responsible for your entire family in what you do, where you go, how you how you control how you how you um, schedule your life. You know that you actually are in control of that because you are the man. I mean, literally, you are the man. Right now, it's very it's very critical here to be in church because we're going through transition. That's not a good time to get out and do what you want. I know it's vacation time, but it's very important for you to show your children, to show your family that this is what's important to me because you are not average. You see, the thing is that the Bible says, as for all of us, but I'm talking to you men right now, is that you are a child of God. You are a child of God, so what I'm gonna say to you today is, act like, no, don't act like it. Be it. More than acting it, be one. Yeah, Marcus, you don't know how tired we are. We got so many things going, you don't understand, it's just, it's just hard to have that two hours for God every week. You know, that's a dumb, that's a, that's a mistake. Because you are in control of your life. And so therefore, don't act like it. Be that child of God that you've been called to be. As I've said before, you don't have time to be average. You see, these guys that we just read about, they did not have time to be average. They had no time to be average, and neither do you. And it's time to break those chains off of being average. Yeah, but you don't know what those guys say to me at work. Yeah, but you don't you know what? You're not average, so you don't have to worry about what those guys say to about you. Or what anybody says about you. Yeah, but that woman she pays more attention to me than my wife does. You don't understand. You ain't got time to be average. You you ain't got time to be a statistic. You see, because God has called you to that. I don't know, guys, if you've got your woman here, just look at her right now, okay? Look at her. (laughs) Kenrod's up here looking at Jason. Look at her. That is the one that God has called you to. Yeah, but you don't know how she's treated me. Shut up. Quit being a big wussy. I didn't say that but treat her good if you're looking for a woman right now and there's some of you that are be an example don't get involved with anybody that doesn't have the same beliefs you do but just period because you don't have time to be average you don't have time to be a statistic so Get back to that just for a minute. Mm -hmm. Guys, if God has called you to that woman, that doesn't mean that just because that she's gonna treat you good that week or that month or that day that you're just called to her that month or that day. You're called to her all the time. That's right. a good Father's Day message. Woo! It's just coming out of me as I go. So it's, (laughs) it's really good. So we need to understand that we're called, man, we're just, we're, we're not even, we're so above average that average can't even see us right. because we're a child of God. Now, now, I'm gonna close here in a minute. I know you've almost had enough. I'm gonna close here in a minute. Just give me a few more minutes. Now, because that we have been called by God, because we are not average, and because we're not gonna act like it, we're gonna be it, amen, then no matter what the world says to us or what the world says about anything, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because we're on average. So when you look at this story and you say, what did these guys do to break the chains of average? There's, there's, there's really one particular thing they did. I'm challenging you this morning really a lot. And you may not even see it yet, but you're gonna see it here in a minute. What did they do? Huh? Really? Is that what they did? Is that an average thing to do? (laughs) It's not? You don't see guys doing it all over the place? Huh? Huh? Man, it's not, it's not the thing to do. It kind of makes you look strange. It kind of makes you look peculiar. Well, that's how God called you to be. And you see, if you're having problems praising the Lord in church, then I know without a doubt you're not doing it anywhere else. Because this is the most open place you should be. So if you want to break the chains of average, here's where it starts. You start praising the Lord. No matter what the circumstance, you start praising the Lord. Oh man, uh, don't, no, no, Mark, no excuses. We have no excuses. Why? Because we're just not average. There's nothing about us that's average. There's nothing. We've broke those. You know what? We didn't break them ourselves. God broke them for us. That's what Jesus was all about. So, guys, ladies, I'm challenging you this morning. You don't have time to be average. I'm talking about you may have to have a a shift in your talking, in your speaking you may have to have a shift in your Facebook post. You may have to have a shift in the things that you're doing. You may have to take your wife home and show her how unaverage average you are.
2: Amen.
0: <laughs> Terrence liked that one. <laughs> Terrence is by far average in anything that he does, amen? amen. He's not average. You are gonna show people who you are, and the number one thing that you are is you're a child of God. You don't have time to get out in the world and do worldly things because they're just not yours. They just don't belong to you. Best thing about it is, is God loves you just the way just the way you are, just where you're at. But you know what? Like I've always said, He always tends you. To, he's all, He always intends for you to move forward. He always intends for you to be way above average. And people are going to look at you and they're going to say, that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to be like. So I'm challenging each and every person in here this morning, we don't have time to be average. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me. Amen. 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 What is that? Is that somebody's phone? I thought somebody was playing music for me. Oh, okay. That's good. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get out of here praising God. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable for some of you because some of you don't really believe that you need to. But I'm calling you to be above average this morning. I'm not asking you to, you know, I've actually had people, we've actually had people leave this church because we lift our hands here. And we like to be a little loud sometimes. Guys, that's about praising the Lord. Praising the Lord means that you are gonna do what you have been called to do because you love God more than you love yourself. That's what praising the Lord is about. So that's what we're gonna do this morning. So Go ahead and dim the lights down for me there. Amen. Father, we just thank you right now. I'm gonna ask Jeannie to come up here with me and bring Mike up here. Father, we just thank you right now. Let's Let's just lift our hands. Don't even think about who's around you. Just put your hands up in the air. Father, we just thank you right now. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we just worship you right now in spirit and truth.
2: Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, God. Hallelujah.
0: Praise you, Father. I'm going to share a little song with you this morning while we're just right here, and we're still praising. Thank you. Father Thank you, Jesus. As I was just driving down the road the other day, the, road, the Lord reminded me of this old song that Gene and I used to sing, and we're just doing this impromptu. This is what we're going to do this morning. This is how we're going to end. I want you to just kind of join in with me,
2: okay? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. To worship you, hold oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my king. In what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet. In
0: your ear. Now that some of you probably only heard that, that's the first time you've heard it. We're going to do it again. Are you ready? It's very
2: easy. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to. soul. Rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet I love you more than anything, I love you more than anything, I love you. Lord, I give my life to you, I praise you. I praise you. You're the Holy One. You're You're the Holy Holy One. One. I praise you. You're the Holy One. I praise you. Lord, I give my life. I love you more than anything. I love you. Lord, I give
0: Oh, Father, I sense deliverance in here this morning. I sense a deliverance of those who have been chained up in the way that people have told them to worship, the way that people have told them to live. And I sense just a breaking of chains in here this morning. Father, I just sense a a real opening up of the spirit in this church. Yes. Father, we not only have a new beginning in some things, but father, I just sense that this church is going to be set on fire. Yes, Thank you,
2: Father sure.
0: Father, we're not only going to reach the community, but we're going to reach all around the world.:
2: Yes.
0: Father, in that prophecy that you gave me years ago, I see it unfolding yes. right now. So Father, we leave this service today knowing that your spirit is here and that your spirit goes with us everywhere we go. Father, I speak over the fathers in this place that they don't have time to be average. That the words that were negatively spoken to them don't mean anything to them anymore. To that man who has been wound up in, in wondering if his wife is good enough for him or if he needs to go somewhere else or if he needs to do something else that you have mended that heart this morning. Yes, Father, I thank you for the marriages that are becoming stronger minute by minute in this place. Yes, Father, I thank you for all that you're doing all that you're getting ready to do through this church. Father, we speak over our new pastor right now and his wife and his kids. That he speaks with a boldness that he's never had before. That he speaks up here knowing that his his church is with him and that he speaks in boldness knowing where this church is going. Father, we speak over Dylan this morning that when he yes. speaks when he sings up here, Father, when he, when he, when he opens up praise into this place, that he that he knows without a doubt that that's what we want here is we want to openly praise you.
2: Yes, thank you,
0: Lord. And that there is no yes. thing holding us back. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. For a new beginning. Yes, Lord. But more importantly. For the unity of this place. Father I thank you for the unity. That you've given this place. Through your word. In Jesus name. And all the people said. Amen. 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 Let's give Lord a shout one more time. Come on.